Welcome back to the Christian Critics Podcast, where we take movies, TV shows, and video games, and other forms of media, and we review them and discuss them from a Christian perspective. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Caleb Marks. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Um, we are going to be talking about uh, the Duel of the Fates Star Wars script today. Um, it's kind of a follow-up of our last podcast where we talked about The Last Jedi, The Force Awakens, and The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, so if you missed that, go check that out. Uh, Caleb, do you kind of want to go into like the background of what Duel of the Fates is? Yeah, so for p- those who don't know, before Episode Nine, Rise of Skywalker was fully announced with the title and the cast and even before Carrie Fisher's death. I think it was before like episode eight had actually been released in theaters. Probably. There was Colin Trevorrow's script for the ninth and third movie for the sequel trilogy called Duel the Fates. And this movie was the original episode nine for the Skywalker saga. And I think that a lot of people like heard about it, but it was thought to be just rumors and speculation at the time Mm -hmm. when, because episode eight had just come out or was just about to be released in theaters. And everybody was like, oh, these are just random leaks and rumors. And so it was kind of dismissed, but then we get into after The Rise of Skywalker is actually released in in cinemas, we get all these sudden leaks from Colin Trevorrow. I don't remember if it was just on Instagram or if it was like... Um, from what I understood, the stuff got leaked. Um, the concept art got leaked first. Um, that's right. And yeah. that was confirmed by Trevorrow to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the script got leaked. I don't know if Trevorrow's talked about the script at all as far as how accurate it is. I mean, it's assumed to be pretty accurate from stuff that we've seen, and it lines up pretty well with the concept right. art. But I don't think he actually ever, like, confirmed it like he did the concept art. Okay. So, yeah, it was leaked, and then everybody kind of started accepting it as the Star Wars movie that should have but never was. Yep. Yeah, everyone kind of looked at it and said, oh, maybe this would have been... Uh, better than Rise of Skywalker, which we'll we'll discuss later. Sure. Um, there's points to back it. There's points to argue against it. Um, but we'll go ahead and get into the script first. Um, so the script kind of starts out with the at the we well we start off at the end of the Last Jedi with the uh, the Resistance kind of getting destroyed by the First Order. There's only a few of them left on the Millennium Falcon at the end of the uh, movie. So this one picks up with the whole galaxy is kind of in that state of just being crushed by the First Order. And, like, mm-hmm. from what I read, they really emphasize that in the script that, like, there is no one really left to fight the First Order. Um, and instead of Kylo Ren kind of being in charge, it's Chancellor Hux, which I thought was re- really interesting. What What are your kind of thoughts on Hux being a chancellor? Yeah. I think it's a way to open a movie on – like, of course, I'm just like, that's kind of like a shocking reveal in terms of, like, I think it just shows the scale and the weight of the First Order's 
like reign of terror and how widespread it's become and with Hux actually being named chancellor something a term we haven't heard used since like the clone wars or yeah. revenge of the sith like it feels like we're right back into the new hope where the galaxy is being ruled by evil and not many are brave enough or rising up to uh, fight this evil force. So for him to be chancellor, I don't know. I feel like Hux, his character is just like a whole like separate conversation for like, because like it's just a total, I wouldn't say it's completely unreasonable, but it's just a big jump, which I get, it is a, like it, it has been a time jump in the movie since the Last Jedi, but it still feels like a jump to me for him to suddenly be, oh yeah, I'm Chancellor now. Yeah. So especially was, after the Last Jedi, where he's kind of used as the comedy piece of the movie. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I think that something that this movie struggles with. Well, I mean, we'll get into those, but mm-hmm. I think this just goes to show, like, it starts off with a much more serious tone. Yeah, and whether that's a strength or a weakness in this script is up for debate. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that happened. Hux is in control. We don't see a uh, Kylo Ren for I don't know what. It's like probably like 30 minutes or 40 minutes into the movie or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the the movie's kind of or the, from what we've seen it's kind of unclear on how the movie kind of starts out. Mm-hmm. Like there's Concept art, and there's parts in the that we've seen confirmed from the script where Luke continues to train Ray, right, as um, a Force ghost. But like the first thing that we kind of see in the leaked script is Finn, Poe, Ray, and Rose undercover on Coruscant or mm. a Star Destroyer. One of like, and, but I think switching between the two, it's kind of hard to tell a little bit. Um, so I kind of like looking at. I put Luke training Ray like kind of at the beginning. Sure, but at a, it's kind of unclear where that falls in. Yeah, um, from many of the leaks, it sounds like they start out with they just throw you right into the action after explaining everything and yeah. showing that Hux and the First Order are ruling the galaxy with an iron fist and crushing every bit last bit of the resistance um, or any like Jedi that exists or like I don't know exactly what that timeline would look like, especially with the Mandalorian and all that that it brought along. With the Jedi, but some of the leaks and open it up with a giant action set piece with them, I think, destroying some big uh, communications uh, ship yeah. of the First Order and like liberating a planet. Yeah. And just shows them in the midst and in the thick of it while still trying to carry on the fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then from what I saw, like, the first order's kind of like stronghold or control planet is Coruscant, which is a nice throwback to the prequels. I love that. Um, and it's really interesting to see a, a planet that we kind of saw with the good guys in power in mm. the earlier movies now kind of being controlled by the, the villains of the story. Um, but after kind of like that introduction, we get finally introduced to Kylo Ren in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, who's on a mission to find an ancient power from a Sith temple, and I believe it's on the planet Mortis is where he finally ends up at the end. 
but right. he starts on Mustafar. Mustafar at Darth Vader's castle, I'm pretty sure. Which, funny enough, that was the original idea for the Rise of Skywalker because it's been confirmed that the planet that Kylo Ren is on at the very beginning of that movie is, in fact, Mustafar. And so it's kind of a very similar idea, but in this version, he's looking for any information or any leads on the, as you said, this like mystical force power, almost like this final ultimate power. And one, one of the most interesting parts, I think, of the whole script and plot gets introduced during the segment as well, and that is that Luke Skywalker's ghost is kind of haunting Kylo Ren and kind of like talking to him as he's going about this. Um, kind of trying to bring him back to the light and just like, I mean, talking to him about what the decisions he's making at that time. Mm. Which I think that's one of the most interesting plot lines in this whole movie concept. I'd agree. I think it's very interesting idea of Luke. Like, it's funny because you never, like, questioned. So Obi-Wan in the original trilogy was talking with Luke and stuff. Did he ever go and just haunt Vader or just, yeah. like, mess with him and just be like, oh, you're evil, huh? Golly, you're so <laughs> scary. Like, w- like, what was that like if that, like, if they had made this canon? Is Luke's, Luke just, while also training Rey, is he also just hopping between the two just, like, Saying like, "Oh, what you up to, Kylo? Still being evil? <laughs> you wimp!" <laughs> I mean, it could be an interesting concept that they go for for the Ahsoka series and the uh, Obi Wan series because Hayden Christensen's been confirmed for both. That's fair. I That's mean, fair. I think Obi Wan's going to be like modern time. They're both alive, mm-hmm. but towards the end of the series, maybe they could explore the concept. Um, and then Kylo Ren goes and gets, I believe, he finds one of. Palpatine's teachers? I don't know. You kind of went into this a little bit more than I researched, so I'll let you kind of explain it. Yeah, so he finds a Sith holocron in the temple, in the castle from Vader, um, Mustafar, and before we go actually into the teacher, like, they talk about Kylo Ren being, like, totally, like, his look is totally just worn out and wore down, and you can tell he's, like, it's like a questing version of Kylo Ren, which I would find interesting. And that would be a cool thing to see Adam Driver act out. Yeah. And it gets worse for him because after seeing the Sith holocron and hearing about this Sith teacher that had something to do with either Palpatine's past or Plagueis's past, whatever it might be, after hearing the message and finding lo- the location – he gets totally like, like the holocron, holocron screws him up and like yeah. destroys his face. It sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like he gets like his whole like Darth Vader mask type thing. Uh, yeah. And then speaking of Darth Vader, during that training, he kind of fights Darth Vader in the cave is like a um, callback to uh, Empire with Luke. It's fair. That's fair. Um. That's right. Um, with the whole master, he finds the ancient master thing or whatever creature it is. I think it's like Torvalum yeah. in the script. But regardless, he goes and then he has a cave-like experience like Luke in Empire Strikes Back and Rey did in The Last Jedi. 
Yeah. And yeah, he fights Darth Vader and Darth Vader kicks his butt pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So like continuing on from there, this is kind of the part in the script that there's a couple things that are like rock solid on this was planned, but this is kind of the things where comes a little bit questionable on what was actually intended, what was kind of in just like the idea phase. Um, but Ray then finds out about Kylo Ren's hunt and plan and right. she goes to stop him, which and I believe they meet end up meeting up on Mortis is yeah. the after, way it was. After Kylo learns some weird like life soul sucking yeah. power that he actually used to kill Torvalum, which that's questionable in itself. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, like this wise master and then Kylo Ren just kind of uses the force against him, his own power. But then again, we've seen that before in Star Wars with the Sith. So that's not too surprising. But yeah, they, he starts going on a quest now from Mustafar to the Torvalum planet to Mortis and... All along, Ray is just starting to hunt him now, and I think they even come in, like, into conflict with the Knights of Ren. Yeah, I believe they both end up on Mortis, and Ray ends up fighting the Knights of Ren prior to fighting Kylo. Something like that, yeah. Um, I mean, she defeats them, goes to fight mm-hmm. Kylo. Uh, her past gets brought up during the fight, which causes her to kind of lose focus mm-hmm. and lose the fight. And this was an interesting thing that I don't know how confirmed it was, but it was in a couple of the articles I was reading, where after Rey loses that fight, Obi-Wan, Luke, and Yoda all appear in Force Ghost to try and stop or talk to Ben Solo. Yeah. It, like try and bring back Ben Solo, I guess, because he's still like kind of like Kylo Ren at that point. Yeah, it's so weird because we know that Luke, Obi-Wan, and Yoda were going to show up in the movie through the, all the leaks. However, we don't know, like, when they are supposed to show up. Like, I've heard leaks like that in terms of Ray gets blinded yeah. and gets defeated by Kylo, and then Kylo goes to find this ultimate weapon in some temple or whatever, and uh, they uh, Ray either follows him and then or... And then, like, after Ben is defeated and Ray kind of is dead or whatever, like, they either show up at the end or the middle of the duel. Yeah. And that wasn't made clear. Mm-hmm. But regardless, while this whole thing is happening, we have this whole other plot on Coruscant, which is probably my favorite part of the movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's probably my favorite part as well. It's like... They're doing a stealth mission, stealth strike, to hit both the capital of the First first Order, remove Hux from Chancellor, and also activate some ancient Jedi communications beacon. Yeah, that's in the Jedi Temple from the prequels. As convoluted and as jam-packed as that sounds, you could have done a whole movie like that. Yeah. Like... That would have been a great either opening or episode eight in itself. But I just love that idea of, again, Coruscant being a main set piece. It throws back to the prequels, kind of ties everything together. 
I'm kind of disappointed we didn't see more of Coruscant in full honesty. Mm-hmm. In the, I mean, we didn't see any of it in the um, original the, in the sequel trilogy that we got. Yeah, we didn't see any of it. But regardless, we talk here about Finn like recruiting ex stormtroopers. We hear, um, of, we've heard about them scaling walkers and going on stealth strikes and finally getting to the communications, but then they're all captured, kind of again, like the Last Jedi, and then they're on their whole separate side quest to escape slash uh, defeat the First Order, while Kylo, at this point, I don't even think he really cares about the First Order anymore. I I don't think he does either. Because because Hux isn't worried about Kylo, and he's kind of just being like, Oh, Kylo and Rey, they'll they'll kill each other and then I'll take over and then that'll be that. And yeah. we even see like Hux is gone. It's not clear, but he's like gone insane or like he's obsessed now with Jedi artifacts and so now he has a he's like going general grievous on us and everything. <laughs> has a bunch of lightsabers which I don't know. <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting, but yeah, the, the whole Coruscant plot kind of reminds me of a bunch of, like, revolutions throughout history. Like, they get the people of Coruscant and Finn recruits the stormtroopers. And just a lot of the concept art kind of reminded me of, like, the French Revolution, like, that they cover in, like, Les Mis. Yeah. Like, a lot of the concept art looked like it was inspired from that. Um, so that, that would have been a very interesting story, I think. Um Lando appears with a brigade of smugglers and pirates to aid the resistance, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, from, like, the beacon, he actually hears it. Yeah. And then I think Bosk even comes at one point into yeah. it. And then, like, some other bounty hunters. I think that would have been a little bit more, I don't know, I guess in character for Lando to show up rather than just in the middle of a desert and, like, Rise of Skywalker. But Ooh, throwing shade at the Rise of Skywalker. I mean, I don't think it's bad in Rise of Skywalker. I just think this makes a little bit more logical sense it's less convenient i guess i get that um anyways though meanwhile we have ray and kylo still fighting and dueling it out which the fight scenes sound amazing in this movie no matter like how convoluted or how much is going on like the fight scenes sound amazing like ray versus all the stormtroopers Fen versus and the gang versus the entire army, and then Kylo versus Rey, and that whole thing. It sounds amazing and sounds one of the better duels, choreographed duels that it like it that would have been what it was, according to the script and the leaks. But regardless, Kylo, we never know actually like what the secret power is. I think it's just like the life draining thing. Like, uh, it, it's not very specific, but that would be kind of like, that's the only thing that they go into details on. Yeah, but then he goes to Mortis and yeah. goes to the temple. So like it just it doesn't make much sense, but regardless, they're in Mortis, Kylo wins, but then Rey comes back and then defeats him, but then he pulls on, he pulls the life force trick on her and defeats her but then becomes a good guy, question mark? Yeah, that's kind of the way I took it. From what I saw, it was like he defeats her, 
Leia reaches out through the Force, kind of like in Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. and that prompts him to be a good guy all of a sudden, and he brings Rey back to life, and then he dies. And I think the script said, like, with a loving look in his eye as Ben Solo, which I don't know what that even means. I mean, <laughs> hey, there was no kiss. <laughs> well, speaking of that, Ray and Poe are the love story in this somehow compared to... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't... I don't even know how that would work because they're on different planets, like, half the movie. <laughs> yeah, but... I think they, like, have a moment when Ray's about to leave, but, like, that... I feel like this movie is was... If... If this movie had actually gone through all pre-production and stuff and then gone into production and even post-production, I feel like there's a lot of little things like this that would have been cut out. Yeah. Like there, you would have needed at least a Snyder cut for this movie <laughs> yeah. to get everything in and not and for it not to seem rushed. Yeah. Which four-hour Star Wars movie, I mean, I'm not saying no to that. No. But – for casual fans who just heard there's a new Star Wars movie coming out, I mean, it would just be another movie that just doesn't make sense unless you see everything. Yeah, so then kind of like wrapping up the script, it, like I said before, it doesn't really give a solid ending, but mm-hmm. the First Order is defeated on Coruscant, the Resistance wins the day, and there's a medal ceremony very similar to A New Hope, but Rey is missing from it. Oh, yeah. And then the movie closes on Rey on a distant planet training a new generation of Jedi. Yeah, they do, like, instead of, well, I won't say they don't do many fake-out deaths in this movie. They But they fake her death, and then she comes back, and then her, Finn, and maybe even Poe are just now, like, training children in the Force However, doing it a different way because a big another big plot in this movie is is light side actually like the right side of the force to be on. Like yeah. is the dark side all that bad? Is there more of an in-between balance, like a gray Jedi kind of idea? Like, which I'm not against. That would have been cool. But mm-hmm. I feel like that was stuff that was being hinted at. But yeah, it kind of just ends with Woohoo, big happy ending throwback scenes to all the other movies and all of the um yeah, all to all the other movies and then just it ends with first order being defeated. I think Hux which darkest part of any Star Wars movie I feel like commits suicide. Yeah, once he realizes the resistance has won. Which Cameo is Mace Windu's lightsaber? Question mark again. I, I guess it's it's weird, but regardless, one of the darkest scenes, or what would have been the darkest scene in the franchise, in the live action for sure. Yeah, is that's that happens. So, and then it kind of just ends. Yeah. So, that's basically the script. Take it as you will. Some of it's well. Th- we'll go. In, I'm going to go into the concept art here. Yep. Um, this is the stuff that you can has been confirmed. Um, this is the stuff that's been confirmed for that, like that actually was going to take place, and that's Luke hunting uh, Kylo, uh, C-3PO mourning a damaged R2D2, Ray being trained by Luke, uh, Kylo Ren with a new mask fighting Darth Vader, 
Ray with a double-bladed lightsaber. Um, Ray fighting on a Star Destroyer. Uh, Coruscant falling to the Resistance. And then just a whole bunch of fight scenes from the end. Um, but we're going to talk about all that after we come back from a short break. I give our thoughts on the script and the concept art and then go into would we prefer this over the Rise of Skywalker. Um, so stick around. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Christian Critics Podcast, where today I'm here, as always, with Jarrett, and we are discussing the first original script for Episode Nine for the Star Wars franchise, Duel of the Fates. We have just covered all the major plot details. We have just covered how convoluted and jam-packed this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> And with all those opinions opinions aside, we now turn to all the awesome concert, concept art that got leaked with the script. I think even before the script, come to think of it. So, Jarrett, what are your thoughts on seeing the concept art? Because this is like the closest thing we'll get to seeing this actually like be like on the big screen. Like we won't be able to see the actors actually acting out these scenes. We just get to see still mm -hmm. images. What are your thoughts on all this? I mean, all the concept art I've seen looks great. Um, it's it's a lot less uh, convoluted than the script is. Like, it, it feels a lot more simple with the concept art. And that's the part that's actually been confirmed, so I guess that kind of makes sense that that was the part that was kind of locked in place on what they wanted to do. My favorite concept art, if you haven't seen it, look it up, is there's a piece of concept art with uh, Kylo Ren on uh, Mustafar in Vader's palace uh, where Luke grabs his lightsaber as a force ghost. And that is by far probably my favorite piece of concept art from the whole uh, movie. Yeah, I feel like so much of this concept art is just pure fan service to what would have been so cool to see. Yeah. Like the one thing I'll credit this concept art is even though some of the script sounds pretty whack and pretty out there, some of this looks spectacular. Some of it looks amazing. Like the force ghost grabbing the lightsaber and while he's like haunting Kylo, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Kind of wish I kind of wish we saw some of this stuff in the actual movies with the uh, with the sequel trilogy we actually got. Mm -hmm. But regardless, there's a lot of cool stuff in here, like the whole th scene with Darth Vader versus Kylo. Like that looks awesome. Having his cave moment, as the concept art uh, caption reads, and then. The gang all fighting the Knights of Ren, the big battle on Coruscant, the um, big scene at the beginning with them raiding the First Order station. Yeah. Oh, it looks really cool. And um, Ray with a double-sided lightsaber just looks fantastic. Yes. I'm <laughs> kind of shocked they did not go with that. For, yeah. I mean, they hinted at it. 
with Ray having the double-bladed red lightsaber and the, like, vision and the Death Star and the Rise of Skywalker. But seeing this with the blue lightsaber, and it's even, like, a... It's not exactly, like, the blue we've seen. It's, like, a... I don't know what to call it. Like, a lighter blue color or a darker blue color. It looks really cool. Yeah. So I think that a lot of this stuff could have translated really well. I think a lot of this stuff could have translated really well to the big screen. And if they had gone with some of this for The Rise of Skywalker, I think that would have just made that movie better. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, So do you want to go ahead and get into, like, our what we liked and didn't like about the script and just the duel of fates as a whole? Um, So I'll go ahead and start. I... Probably my favorite thing, or my three favorite things from the script would be uh, Luke's interactions with Kylo Ren, and then what they did with Hux and Finn's characters, and making them more significant in the plot compared to just kind of tossing them to the side. Mm-hmm. What are kind of your favorite moments, I guess, from the concept? I think with any with all of this and the rise of Skywalker and stuff there was a lot of stuff that felt kind of added in like the new force abilities that we haven't much really seen i mean they added it in a little bit to the mandalorian and rebels and all that but seeing just the life sucking or soul stealing like powers and then all the stuff with torvalum like i feel like it would have been interesting to see like that stuff all intrigues me Tor of Alum has just been recently made I, technically official canon with the new Darth Vader comics, which is cool. So maybe we'll see him in like later, um, like later media or, or more comic books. Do do they consider the current like video games canon, like the ones that have been coming out since Disney purchased? Yes, they consider the Jedi Fallen Order and then. The is it like squadron? Yeah, squadron, like rogue squadron, or something. Like yeah, that. something like that. And then I'm curious to see if they make uh, the new Knights of the Republic game canon because that would make that force power canon for the for Star Wars officially. Yeah, yeah. Because you've seen we've seen a little bit of it. I mean, if Ray can give some of her life force to someone to heal them, I suppose it could be... Reversed. Yeah, reversed and, like, used against a Jedi. But, um, yeah, other stuff I really like is, of course, the Coruscant stuff and just the scale of the movie, I feel. It, it, It feels, while I am a fan of The Rise of Skywalker, I feel like this was more of a fitting scale in terms of a final chapter in the yeah. beloved Skywalker saga, the Star Wars franchise. Like, this was the final chapter. While I will really enjoy The Rise of Skywalker for what it is, some of these ideas and concepts and things they would have done with the script and done with the plot, if executed well, could have really worked. Yeah, I mean, something I forgot to mention that I also really like is kind of the references to the Clone Wars and Rebels shows. Mm. 
So, like, you've got Mortis, which is directly from the Clone Wars. And then Rey going blind is pretty much a direct reference to Kanan going blind in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Like, even the way she kind of, like, covers it up afterwards is, like, the same exact way that it happened to Kanan. So that was... I liked how they acted like those shows existed, which Rise of Skywalker did a little bit at the end with the Jedi reaching out. But um, I just like how this plot kind of takes from the whole series, like, little bits and pieces that they reference throughout it. Yeah, I think that this movie was going, if it had ever been made, it was just going to end up being the ultimate fan service movie, which could have really worked well or could not have because I suppose you could say Rise of Skywalker had a lot of fan service, but just all the references and all the callbacks and just calling it Duel of the Fates (laughs) <laughs> based off of the most, one of the most, if not the most iconic Star Wars pieces of the soundtrack from yeah. one of the movies, like The Phantom Menace. Starting with The Phantom Menace and The Duel of the Fates being the very first confrontation between the Jedi and the Sith for years, like decades, and then ending the conflict with a movie called The Duel of the Fates. And then They've talked about John Williams throwing in the Duel of the Fates and to the actual duel. Would have been really cool. Yeah. So that kind of gives what we liked about it. Um, would you say you liked it better than Rise of Skywalker? So here's the thing. I think there's a lot of potential here. However... I have seen The Rise of Skywalker, and I have my opinion already, solid opinion on it, except for some things like kind of Ben Solo's and Ray's relationship and a little bit of Palpatine's return. Like, except for a few things like that, I really enjoy the movie. So seeing this movie and reading about it and what it could have been, I think it would have either done really well and been one of the best Star Wars movies ever or it would have been a massive flop just full of convoluted ideas and weird story plots all mashed together I think it would have been really confusing if not done well yeah I I have a really hard time saying like it for sure would have been better than Rise of Skywalker just because you've seen Rise of Skywalker finished like there this plot would have had to be rewritten Mm-hmm. A decent chunk because, like we said, I don't think The Last Jedi had come out yet officially. Mm-mm. Carrie Fisher was still alive. Like, that, that's two massive things that could have very heavily influenced their rewrite of the story, especially with the feedback that Disney got from The Last Jedi. Um, Not to mention, this Star Wars was bought by Disney, and while having some dark moments in The Last Jedi and... Rogue One, this would have probably been one of, if not the darkest Star Wars movies. Yeah. And Disney is all about, while making content that's a little bit more mature, they want to still stick with the family aspect. I couldn't see me taking some of my younger siblings to see this right away. Yeah. Just some of it is just very dark with the... um, how real and how gritty and brutal it sounds like in some scenes. 
but also there's a part of me who would have loved to see that. Yeah, it, it kind of gives off kind of the vibes of like the Clone Wars series mm-hmm. where they kind of go into some like darker moments that kind of go hand in hand when you're t- telling a story about a war. Um, but yes, yeah, de- definitely something that you would probably have to be a little bit more careful with taking a younger audience mm-hmm. to go see it. Um, either something that you either talk probably beforehand about maybe a couple scenes or uh, maybe just wait a couple years in general. Yeah. I don't know. It would be up to every person's choice. But um, I, I would have liked to see some of that stuff, though, just because it is a war. Like, it's the reality of the story. Yeah, I think it would be really cool if they at some point made a video game off of this. Either yeah. a video game or like a short animation series or a motion comic even of this. Like just something to show it. Like while it's really – it's a weird, really weird plot and movie, some of it could have been really cool and if executed properly – it could be a really great piece of just Star Wars media in general. I mean, they have so much stuff that is not considered canon anymore with Star Wars Visions and then uh, the Force Unleashed games, which are masterpieces in, yeah. in themselves. But I I would really love to see this, if especially if they don't make the Knights of the Old Republic game canon. Mm-hmm. Like, they should just go ahead and give us this and let us see for ourselves how it plays out. Yeah, for sure. And then, like, my other thing, going back to comparing this to Rise of Skywalker, the other thing that would kind of keep me from putting it above it is just it doesn't feel like it has that... I mean, it could just be the way the script's been presented to us or the concept art's been presented to us. Sure. But it it feels like it doesn't really have that triumphant ending, at least for Rey and Kylo... Um, that's kind of like the Rise of Skywalker did in a sense. That's true. Because if you think about it, the whole movie was based on them getting their finale Rise of, in the yeah. Rise of Skywalker. And this movie feels like it's throwing all this other stuff into it to be like Star Wars Endgame. But then it kind of just ends. Yeah. Like, like I feel like it wraps up the First Order versus the Resistance pretty well. Yeah. But, like, Rey and Kylo's fight ends with Rey being defeated, and then they say he's Ben Solo at that point, healing her. She technically never wins. It just doesn't feel like a good way to end the last movie. Yeah, and in comparison with Kylo and Rey fighting on the Death Star in Rise of Skywalker, like, say what you will about the plot and what they do with the characters, like, and say what you will about all the fake-out deaths in that movie. Yeah. But it was a cool scene, and it actually showed their power levels and their kind of rivalry way better than I feel like this movie would have. Mm-hmm. Because both in that in Rise of Skywalker are like teetering back and forth on the light and the dark, and then they eventually just choose. In this movie, I feel like there's a weird in-between they just kind of fall into where Kylo's not necessarily hurting anyone. He wants the power, and he's obsessed with the power, and he's trying to become the most powerful Sith Lord ever. 
while Ray is just kind of trying to stop him. It feels very simplistic, and I feel like it, it just adds so much more that you would need more either comics or TV shows to explain a whole lot more than Rise of Skywalker would need explaining. Yeah. I, I do – and then the, going back to the one thing that I would put it above Rise of Skywalker in is I feel like it's a better follow-up to the previous two movies in a sense in the sense that they don't they don't apologize for their mistakes. Right. They, they kind of just keep going. They don't act like, oh, we handled this bad in the wrong movie. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, you didn't like Ray or not Ray, but Finn, uh, Poe, and Rose having their own side plot. There you go. You got another one. Yeah. And, like, you didn't like how many plot twists and twists and turns we had in the plot and the movie and just with the characters and everything happening. Oh, well, we're going to, like, ramp it up and give you twice as many in this movie. You didn't like you didn't like how there was no time jump or anything. Here's a big time jump. Like, yeah. for people who complained about Return of the Jedi being a time jump, here's an even larger time jump. Yeah. And even more drastic. Yeah. Well, that's all of my thoughts on it. Do you have anything else to add? Um, only, only for the me to point out that regardless of what did or didn't happen or what all the speculation or all the rumors of this is, it's just fun to have this in the background and just know what Star Wars, like just to have this as a piece of Star Wars history for us the fans and just for us to enjoy both on a just fan service side but also as a storytelling side of what might have been. I've been really enjoying the What If series for Marvel Mm -hmm. and seeing this and then Visions. I think that it could go all in a really interesting direction. And regardless of what happens in the future, I think this has opened up a lot of avenues for Disney and just Lucasfilm in general. So really hope that they're able to use this to their advantage. But regardless, yeah, that's the original Episode Nine, Duel of the Fates. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you're still listening to this point, uh, as always, my name is Jarrett. I'm always joined by Caleb. Um, if you want to find more info about the podcast check down in the show notes or if you're on youtube you can check down in the description uh, you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube uh, instagram twitter all those good things and we'll see you guys in the next episode thank you guys so much for listening and take care see you